it was, I think, the tipping point where we saw, um, after running the company for some years, trying to reach out to people all the time and try to engage with people, uh, and it's, it's quite painful and it's a lot of energy that you have to give. Yeah. It was the opposite, like people reach out to you and they want to work with you because what you do uh, is meaningful and you really see the difference in your your company and your days they are not the day same days at all it's much more exciting because you feel like you are bridging a gap and people need you and everything you do is going much much faster Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, brought to you by Startup You, inspiring and supporting entrepreneurs to make a full-time living doing what you love. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, Virgin mentor, and founder of Startup You, the regional partner of Virgin Startup, providing startup funding, mentoring, and support. Each episode features the stories from two entrepreneurs at different stages in their journey who talk us through their successes and failures. You get to take on board all of their learnings and none of the failure. Today's podcast is brought to you by Hayes, with the number one recruiting experts in the UK. Whether you're searching for your perfect job or looking to scale your business by building the perfect team, go to hayes.co.uk, quoting Startup You. Welcome to episode 64 of Screw It, Just Do It. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, and on today's show, I welcome Julian Verdier, co-founder of AdTech Platform, Adulike. Adulike is a global leading in-feed native ad platform. Launched in 2011, it's recognized for being a pioneer in native technology and creating advertising experiences for users that mirror the websites they are visiting. The fast-growing firm now operates in more than 18 countries, has over 100 employees, and has received funding from originally from a French billionaire and then on through VC funding. Julian originally started the business by quitting his job with his best friend back in 2010. And with no money, they launched Adulike. I caught up with Julian, who explains to me a little bit more about what Adulike does. Let's start up. We are a native advertising platform, technology company, operating since 2010 out of Paris, France and pretty global now. Uh, it's very exciting journey, story. I founded the business with my best friend. We've been friends for 15 years. <laughs> and uh, in 2010, we had good job, him and, and me, and we've decided to quit our job to do something different, to try a new, a new venture. And uh, back in the days, we had no money, no network, no skills. We were just really excited by the opportunity to start something from scratch and make a success of our own. And uh, in 2010, we, we launched the company on something a little different. We are on the digital advertising space called native advertising. But in 2010, native advertising was not uh, something mm-hmm. uh, live. I think native uh, came in the market in end of 2012, early 2013. So in 2010, we launched around something that we called advertising captures. Um, maybe you know the captcha are those distorted letters you have uh, in some forms that you have to fill if you want to pass some 
yeah. um, some pages that was very painful mm. for the user. And uh, we decided to change those distorted letters with um, advertising uh, catchphrase, like you have to write um, Coca-Cola, yeah. um, I'm loving it, or and I could just do it. And that was the idea to okay. change that painful space on mm. the internet, but driving a lot of interaction and a lot of attention into something more valuable, bringing, bringing something that is adding value to the user journey and not killing his time or his mind. So we launched around that, super exciting. Uh, we had a big, uh, uh, big reception from, uh, from everybody. Thanks to that, we managed to raise our first round of money, it was 200K just on a PowerPoint, more or less, with hmm. a French, French billionaire named Xavier Niel, which is for us a kind of uh, the France, French Steve Jobs. Right. So quite famous in, in France, helping yeah. a lot of startups, investing in something like 300 startups a year. Wow. Uh, almost <laughs> in, in each and every startup that is doing well in France, he, he has some shares in it. Hmm. So we, we, we did that, that move. Um, overnight, we passed from the the dark to, to the light. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of attention on us and uh, thanks to that attention, we did our first advertising campaign and we launched the technology and the platform the right way and we did our first million euros in revenues and uh, we were very happy with that and then we had some VCs that came to us with uh, the idea of raising a Series A mm -hmm. and um, that was the, the next the, the next stage for us that make a lot of sense. So mm. we did that Series A, but in our way, we felt that the advertising catcher was not a scalable business. So we said to ourselves, we need to find something else more scalable oh. that we can really push to hopefully 100 million in revenues. Mm -hmm. uh, it was not possible to do that with the advertising capture because it is not something that the advertiser needs on a daily basis. It was only a nice to have and we really wanted to have a must-have product so we did a move at the end of 2012 on what we are doing now the native advertising we were the very first to to talk about that in europe there were very few people or articles in the world um, mostly those guys were in the us talking about native so mm -hmm. we did the move we created the technology the platform the marketing we've created everything we trademarked the name in france and um, the early days were quite difficult because we had to do a lot of evangelization around mm. what was the native, and it was really not um, in people's mind. Back in the days, it was all about the banners and all about um, very old school advertising. There was not ad blocking at all. So mm -hmm. people was not really raising the problem of bad advertising or intrusive ads, and they were not seeing the the, the utility to make the move to the native advertising, which is a kind of advertising which is very integrated, adding value to the user journey. Um, in the DNA of those products is really what you can see on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, those kind of experience, but on the open web, on websites from Hearst or Condé or Huffington Post or Cosmo, those websites we work with at, at the moment. Okay, and, um, you do. And, and what made yeah. you choose that choose that space at the time? Was that from a, a personal like pain point that you were um, you, you found it a, an interesting space? What what was the um, kind of inspiration? The, the advertising space is very exciting because it's a 
200 billion industry a year. Mm. So there is a lot of money and everything is very scalable if you have the right mindset because the brands, they are global. The publisher, the big names, they are global. Yeah. The user on the internet, they are everywhere and they have the same kind of experience. So you can really grow very fast in the ad tech, what we call the ad tech space. Mm-hmm. Advertising is really interesting for scaling a company and that's what happened to us because in something like three years of time we passed the company from zero and two people to 10 million and uh, something like 50 50 people across France and UK and uh, I I don't think we could have that that growth and that scale in some other space because advertising is really shaped for scaling and um, with the right product you can scale very very fast and even more those days it's really a a competition around scaling the fast as you can and how quickly did you go for for, was it just the two of you literally to start with and then you you managed to raise some money and then you 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 took on staff yeah we were just the two of us we raised the money we hired the right folks uh, on the technology part because we are a technology company and Mm-hmm. Uh, even if we are not engineers, uh, we've created all the technology in-house from scratch, from a blank page, uh, seven years ago. So that was very challenging to start from nothing. Yeah, We were not using some other people's technologies, as most of the people do in our space. We were mm-hmm. on something that was so different that back in the days, it was really impossible to find a technology available to do what we wanted to do. So we have to invent that technology create by yourself. So that's what we did. And um, by the time native advertising uh, grew up, pick up some steam and uh, there was a lot of interest from everybody in the market. The publisher were at the beginning of the ad blocking era. So they were facing a lot of challenge and they were trying to uh, re-engage user a different way with different products and different formats. So Native was the perfect match for them. They were stepping back from standard, old-school, intrusive ads and going forward in the Native space. So they re- literally reached out to us in Europe, most of them, saying that they have some challenge and they need Agilite to help them to, to, to change the way they do advertising on their own website. So that was very exciting. It was, mm. I think, the tipping point where we saw, um, after running the company for some years, trying to reach out to people all the time and try to engage with people. Uh, and it's, it's quite painful and it's a lot of energy that you have to give. Yeah. It was the opposite, like people reach out to you and they want to work with you because what you do uh, is meaningful and you really see the difference in your your company and your days they are not the day same days at all it's much more exciting because you feel like you are bridging a gap and people need you and everything you do is going much much faster instead of reach to people that don't really want to engage with you and try to commit them eating them like five seven ten times mm-hmm. over a few months straight to to connect with them and get a partnership. It was more those guys coming to us and asking us for a partnership. So it was super exciting. We reached uh, a big a big growth this year. Uh, it was 2014. Exciting year for us. We did something like 250% of growth. So wow. the year before, we were doing like 2 million in revenues. 2014, we did 8 million in revenues. 
So it was very exciting. It's the, it's the year when we did the move in the UK, which was not uh, uh, an easy move, um, but it was very what we had in mind because we wanted to create a global business and not a French business. So mm -hmm. in 2014, we bought two businesses in the UK. The first company was named Content Amp uh, out of Windsor, and the other was called Vinelo Natives. Uh, out of London, and uh, I moved to London, and I merged those companies, and I uh, worked a lot with the founders of those different companies to reshape them in a way that was looking exactly like what we had done in France. And then how big yeah, were those companies um, when you when you took them over, Julian? And how how are they now four years later? Um, there there was. Uh, that was quite big for us. It was like 20 people, if I combine both companies, like mm -hmm. 20 people that we've integrated at the same time. And okay. in France, we were maybe 25, something like that, mm. in early 2014. So that was a challenge. But in terms mm. of revenues, growth, technology, product, we were moving very fast. And uh, in the UK, they were willing to go in the native space, but there was a lack of technology and they wanted to go fast too. And yeah. we had a good feeling with the, the, the British founders, um, Francis and Dale, uh, that we've met in 2013. So we say we have to work together. We have to build a European success around the native advertising. And that's what we did. I moved in London. I worked with the guys. And um, the, the UK business grew very fast because the advertising industry in the UK is something like three times bigger than the advertising industry in France. Is it? Wow. Okay. Yeah, because mm. mostly London is a European and sometimes worldwide hub yeah. for big brands. They buy from London for all the countries in Europe or sometimes for all the countries in the world. And mm. uh, it's very easy for US brands and global brands to have an office in London and to use that office to buy everywhere. So. The, the local British market is just the same size as the French market, but yeah. uh, the global opportunity is three times bigger. So we did that move. Um, the business, that, the combined business that we bought, they were doing like um, when we bought like one, one million a year yeah. and um, like one million pound a year, not even that. And uh, this year we will do more than, than 10 million pounds. So we multiplied by 10 the size of the business. Yeah. Amazing. Which is, yeah, mm. which is exactly the success we were expecting. It was not that easy. The early days and the first year was a lot of reorganization, a lot of work to find the the right right product, the right speech for the British market, to hire the right team, mm. to meet all the brands, all the agency, all the publisher, to make ourselves a name and try to make Adulike uh, more famous in the British landscape, which was really not the case when we arrived. Yeah, and um, and finally, yeah, we are we are here now. So working with most of the British publisher, working with all the media agencies, all the brands, and uh, people are, are, are very happy. We just moved to a new office uh, last last month, which is three or yeah three times bigger than the previous office we had. So a lot of. Mm. Um, lot of um, opportunity and and I think we can grow again this year very fast and the UK should be maybe our biggest country in terms of revenues 
just because the size of the market. So it's very very exciting move. It's not that obvious for a French startup to make the move in the UK buying companies and, no, and scaling them. Yeah, you have a lot of gaps to bridge in terms of culture, in terms of the way to do the business. And uh, we did uh, we did our job. We took the time and uh, we did the right things. And with hard work and the right attitude, we we find a way to our success in the UK. And how's the, uh, the the bridge in trying to think that like the challenges you've had? Is it not necessarily been in the, the technology, but has it been more challenges in in integrating that culture of the two different businesses, uh, the two different countries? Yeah, the technology should work the same way everywhere mm. in the world. But as soon as you change the country, you have to convince new people that your technology is meaningful. So you have to have relationship with the right folks. You have to uh, approach them the right way, which is different each time you change the country. And um, we did it thanks to our, our British partners that were in the market for 15 years before. Right. So they had the connection and the, the knowledge and the network. Uh, they just needed to to push Agilike and to push the native advertising to to those guys. So it, it, it took a while, but uh, after one year of hard work, we had the, the return we were expecting. And uh, yeah, I, I feel it's very difficult for a French company to to start the UK from scratch if they don't have British funders in the in the team. Because I, I, I know a lot of guys, friends of mine, they started business in the UK years ago and after two, three, four, five years, uh, they, they, they decided to leave the UK because it's a very challenging market and and um, they don't are in the culture as we we are now because we have British funders in, in the team with us. So we belong to the UK as much as we belong to, to France. And it's, it's very cool. I, I see the company as a French-British company. It's... Okay, yeah. And how about the American connection now? Um, is, it, is it how many how many people have you got? Is it just yourself who's just been out there? Have you managed to build a small team out there already as well? No, we have ten ten people in New York. Oh, okay. So after the the UK success, we were looking at the the next opportunity. We were looking at uh, on one end Asia and Singapore, which is a good opportunity, and on the other end. United States and New York, which is another opportunity. Finally, we picked we picked New York because it's the it's the capital of the world in terms of advertising. Everybody's there, and uh, there is a lot of money. Every, everything starts from New York. Basically, we are in the middle of Manhattan, and around us we have all our competitors, friends, whatever uh, the big names of our space, which are right around us. And um, yeah, we have a team of 10 people. We really started last year. Uh, I came I, I came first and then one of the two British partner we had made the move here too. So we were replicating the same the same pattern, one British, one French in the market, trying to, to scale it and make it a, a success. And uh, we hired a team of, of, of 10 uh, quickly. And uh, we have a good growth here, and we have uh, a very good interest from 
brands and publishers and agency, even if we are facing a very fierce and strong competition, because all the strong competition is coming from uh, from the United States. So we embrace that. We we think that we have a differentiation, especially thanks to our technology and what we do around the AI, uh, around the semantic analysis, the contextualization of the ads. Mm, and people really, yeah. yeah, people really like it. We we wanted to have a differentiation to enter the US market because it's so competitive that you, you cannot come with the same product mm. as the US companies because they, they have more people than you, they have more experience, they, they've been operating in the US for five, six, seven years. They are covering all the big cities, East Coast, West Coast. So you really need to differentiate yourself with something that is unique. Yeah. And uh, what is unique for us is the way we approach the, the AI and um, the semantic analysis. So basically, we have a, a partnership with IBM Watson. And with that partnership, we, we can understand each and every page uh, that we have in our network. And from those pages, we can extract um, the keywords and the, the big topics. And thanks to that, we can do a very, very accurate um, targeting based on the semantic. So we can reach to a brand which is launching, I don't know, new new lipstick like L'Oreal. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just want to target pages that talk about lipstick, cosmetics, beauty. They have some keywords that are very accurate topics they want to address. They don't want to run on all the websites and all the pages. And I think it's the right way and the smart way to to do that. They know that today the publisher, they are talking about a lot of different subjects, a lot of different topics. When you work with a publisher like Daily Mail, Daily Mail talk about so many different topics like uh, sport, like politics, like yeah. beauty, like... A lot of different. Uh, they they post one something like one thousand or two thousand article a day. So they are very deep in terms of content. Mm. So the brands we work with, they don't want just to run on Daily Mail. They want to run on the pages on Daily Mail that are talking about the subject that matter to them. Yeah. And okay. the AI is the only way to analyze each and every page mm-hmm. from the Daily Mail, from for instance, and to understand if you are Nike and you want to run a new ad from new soccer shoes. Uh, you want to target just the page of Daily Mail to talk about, I don't know, Manchester United or Cristiano Ronaldo or those topics. You don't want to be on the page to talk about politics or that talk about something else. Yeah. And uh, they, re- they really love that approach. Uh, basically for them, it's, it's like saving a lot of money, not delivering their ads on pages that are not relevant in terms of context. And focusing on the pages that are super relevant in terms of context, which is bringing more engagement and more, more everything behind. So that that was the the differentiation for us, and that's what we are pushing in the US. And um, the response is very is very positive. They really like that. Uh, we are the only one to do that. So that is a very strong differentiation. Oh yeah, I was going to say, have, you, have your competitors caught up with with you now and the technology that you've been able to bring to the market, or is they, they're still pretty far behind? No, not really on that hmm. on that AI semantic angle. They are quite strong on many other angles, and we compete with those guys. 
that that's fair enough. But the AI is is the only I do like is the only to address the the AI the, this way and the semantic this way. So now we are in, in the process to make ourselves famous, make ourselves a name here in the US. Very mm. big country, we travel a lot from Chicago, New York, LA. And uh, just try to, to explain what we do or we differentiate. And even if the brands and agency and publisher are working with US-based company for a long time, uh, we think we can, uh, we can bring something different and we, we can bring uh, even more value mm. side to side or US competition. We, we, are, we are happy to be here in the market, which is very, very big. And we believe that there are a lot of room for different competition and different company like us that can just live side to side and bring something different. So we are bringing something which is unique. Some others can bring some other things. Mm. And I think the, the brands and, and publisher, they can benefit from that, that richness. And can I ask your opinion, Julian? I was speaking to Gary Turner, co-founder of Zero um, Accounting, and he was saying they've got like a million subscribers now, and they work with okay. small businesses and accountants equally. And um, you know, kind of scaremongering was saying AI is going to replace most accountants' jobs for SMEs, whereas Gary was saying, you know, the robots won't replace people. Essentially the job roles will change and adapt. Do you agree exactly. with that? I agree. Mm. It's going to change. The The threat is, uh, are we able to adapt as fast as the change, the change will come, which will be the challenge for everybody. The way we see AI in our space, it's really using AI to give kind of superpowers to our, to our people at Agilac. Because what we do, it's at a very big scale. We have billions and billions of data points that are not, um, we are not able to, to analyze that with just human uh, yeah. going through Excel spreadsheet. We, we need to have something above. But it's still the people that decide what they want to analyze, what, they want, what kind of report they want to run, and uh, that will make the difference. And I think that would make everybody's job more interesting, more powerful. And that would help us to gain more productivity. So we really see the AI as the opportunity to do our job even better than what we do today. Mm. And uh, especially in the advertising space where you have billions and billions of impression data points, you cannot do that without AI. Yeah. The industry used to do that without AI, but um, the service was, was not that great. The targeting of the ads was not that great. The format were not that great. And now we are entering a new era. It's the era of full personalization. Uh, what I believe is that uh, in the future, everybody will have a different experience um, on the internet uh, for the content that they can see or for the ads they can see too. And I will have very different ads from you or anybody else. It will be unique to me. It mm. will be full personalization. And that you can only operate with AI and that new era of products and, and technology that can really create ads on the fly for you that looks like you and ads on the fly for me that looks like me. Mm. And um, so this is exactly where the advertising is going now. We have a lot of uh, new 
technology that enable us to push the personalization to the next level, which makes the ads personalized, exciting, unique, and that bring more engagement. And that is, I think that is pushing the advertising space in the more virtuous circle than just pushing more ads and putting more pressure on people to push them to engage, which is not the right way to do to do ads. We think that AI will bring better advertising experience. So more engagement from the user, more revenues for the publisher, and that will that will make the, the industry even even bigger and grow even faster. Hmm. So we embrace AI, we embrace that that new that new trend. It's is is the future for us. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm aware of taking up virtually all of your time, so really appreciate you um, taking the time out of your relatively early day in New York at the moment. No problem. Um, and last question to you, um, if you had a choice, Paris, London or New York? At the moment, it's New York. Focus <laughs> on, on New York. We need to make it there. It's very competitive. It's a very exciting challenge. Mm. Uh, Paris is where I come from. London is where I've lived for two years and where I've learned and met some very exciting people that helped me to, to push my business and myself to to the next level. And uh, New York is what we need to to make it successful now. Uh, all our focus, efforts here mm. on making Agile like famous and making ourselves a name in that super big country full of opportunities, full of challenge, and we, we embrace that 100%. So, as you can tell by my voice, possibly battling uh, or staving off, maintaining a positive mind, staving off um, the onset of a cold, probably due to the wildly varying fluctuations in the UK's temperature over the last couple of weeks. So... Um, Thank you for listening to today's show and to my interview with Julian. Um, live shows have got a little break. We're coming back at you with um, Candy Kittens in Manchester on the 17th of April. And same week on the 19th, we're in Brighton with Tom Rainsford, uh, co-founder of GifGaf, and Pippa Moyle, founder of City Girl Network. And then at the end of the month, Back on the 25th of April, we're back at our HQ in Bournemouth. So, a couple of takeaways um, from Julian's interview. Um, I suppose it depends on what you want from your business uh, and if you've started your business by, by reverse engineering it and thinking, what's my exit strategy? Because that's the logical um, conclusion. So, reverse, reversing it backwards from there, reverse engineering it, what do you want to do with it? So um, Julian sounds like very much wanted to build a business that scales. So um, definitely worth worth thinking from the outset what your exit strategy is. Um, is it to sell the business? Is it to leave a, a legacy, leave something to your children that they can carry on without you? Um, is it something that you don't foresee working for that long? Is just serving a purpose um, that's going to lead you onto something else? I don't know. Only, only you can answer that question. Um, and leading onto that is very much what I alluded to there is, um, is it something you can scale? Is the business that you have right now something that's, that's scalable? Um, 
doesn't require you um, to be there the whole time um, in order to to function and serve its purpose. So, uh, last one I wanted to to touch on was was company culture. Um, I just read actually since I interviewed Julian that they've they've um, bought another company as well, a video technology business, um, and having hear him speak during the interview of acquiring a British business uh, and moving to France and trying to integrate that business and now opening uh, another office in New York. The technology stays the same, obviously, whereas the people don't. So uh, the challenges of, of that culture. So thinking about what your company culture is like, and again, if you're at the beginning of your, your journey, um, how important is that to you and what kind of things does your company culture need to be about? Is that something you've looked at yet? Is it something that you've asked your staff about if you've already got staff? Um, definitely worth thinking about moving forward, and especially if you're looking at growing and, and scaling your business. Um, we should all obviously be looking at growing our business. Um, but as you move forward and bring new people into the team, if you've already defined the company culture, then... Um, it should be easily passed down. And that could be as simple as one sheet of paper to pass on down to those who, who join your team. Um, but it should permeate everything you do, you know, your interactions, um, your emails, your marketing, um, your communications, all of that. So thank you for bearing with the croakiest of croaky voices. Um, and I will be with you again in a week's time, where I've got Sean Greeley from NPE, one of the USA's fastest growing top 500 privately owned companies. Um, really cool interview. Hope you can stick around for that. Bye for now. If you'd like the opportunity to attend one of our live events with some of the world's leading entrepreneurs, just go to startupu.co.uk and click on the events calendar. That's startupu with the letter U. From there, you'll be able to see what live events we've got coming up and book a ticket from as little as £5, which includes a complimentary drink and the opportunity to network with like-minded entrepreneurs. Hope to see you soon. If you're an entrepreneur looking for funding, mentoring or support, go to startupu.co.uk. And if you'd like to share your startup story, we'd love to hear from you. Just go to the contact page on startupu.co.uk and we'll be in touch. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and I'd love it if you left me a review of the show. To connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook at Alex Chisnell. Until the next show, remember don't wait, the time will never be just right. Action always beats intention. This show is brought to you by RocketSpark, who make it easy for anyone to build a great-looking website. Each month, RocketSpark offer one lucky listener the opportunity to get a website absolutely free for the next six months to do some in-market testing of a new idea. Just go to rocketspark.com slash screwitjustdoit to enter. Just do it to enter.